Good morning, Sarah Heppler. Good morning, Nancy Rommelman. Where are you these days? I'm in Portland, Oregon. Oh, yeah. funny that. I know. Amazing. You know, someone I was, I'm reporting here. I'm on a story and um, I put something, a little thing up on Twitter yesterday, a little video, which I do sometimes when I report from Portland. I sort of like keep people up to date or if they're interested in, in the stories. And um, I mentioned that it was like kind of a little bit dead downtown and somebody wrote in, and yet you still keep going back. I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. It's it's my beat. So um, anyway, um, but I will say the area I'm in is the North Williams area, right where, where I used to live. And it's it's beautiful. It smells great. It's really nice. There's new stores open. So Portland is an interesting and- it smells great. It smells oh. great. What does it smell like? Well, okay, Sarah, I spend my summers in New York oh. City in Chinatown. Oh, yeah. Okay. Somebody- <laughs> Asked me the other day, well, what does that smell like? I'm like, well, fish in the sun. I don't know. Yeah. Dead rat. I don't know what yeah. to tell you. It smells like it jasmine here. Yeah. No, it doesn't stink. It's and it's and it's it's beautiful. Um Portland is a is an interesting and complicated place. Um I had my daughter who's here with me, we're here together, uh, ask me today, like, what do you think it like what does it take to get Portland sort of because downtown is really dead. I know people are saying it's not. It is. I'm, I'm sorry. It is. There's like a 32% vacancy rate. It's like dead. The main street, like right where the big stores are across from Pioneer Square, there were two people there yesterday, like no cars. This makes no sense. She said, well, what do you think? I was like, well, what is it going to take? It's going to take, it's going to take Portland itself saying, hey world, we had a hiccup. We get it. Here we are now. It's still beautiful. You could still grow anything. There's still cool stuff to do with your families here and people to come and bring their beliefs and bring their money and bring their beauty and bring their art. And just like they did, you know, 20 something years ago when Portland became sort of a like where to this really kind of growing and going metropolis. So I have faith that I always have faith that it will revivify. But right now there's still a bit of a pox downtown. It feels weird. I actually made three different videos on three different days. And I, each one was kind of saying the same thing. And I didn't post anyone until the third day. Cause I was like, I want to be sure. I don't want to be coming in here and being like, doomsday Nancy. Um, right. and I was like, by yesterday, I was like, no, I'm it's, 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 it's just, it's just evidence. So, um, but otherwise I'm having an interesting time here and, and glad to be back. So good. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm here in, in Dallas where we have, record numbers of over 105 degree heat so it's just what do you do do you just stay inside yeah i stay inside most of the day and then i, I take a walk like because I, I like to get outside at some point so i either take a walk really early in the morning or pretty late in the evening like at eight o'clock like seven thirty yeah. or eight um huh? just so i can get outside for a little bit that that heat but, must yeah, be it, <clears throat> tough for businesses it, it, when it's that hot if people just don't want to go outside, how do they sell their, you know, burritos or whatever? No. Yeah. I mean, look, I think, I think sidewalk patios are definitely having a time of it here. The, yeah. The yeah, COVID yeah, yeah. outdoor seating. Yeah. With, the, with the, and, um, so, um, Sarah, we have, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about again. Um, I did a pie talk, which I do. We have, you know, hi everybody. Hello, Sarah. What's the name of this podcast? It's smoke them if you got them. And I stupidly, every time I 
I I remember to say, hey, go rate and review us on Apple, uh, you know, or become a paid subscriber. I always, always say it to just the paid subscribers. So this means nothing. So no, no. hi, everybody. Hi, you thousands that are not paid subscribers. We are delighted to have you here. We bring you stuff a couple episodes a week, and we do have special stuff for subscribers only. So hit that paid subscriber button. It's very easy. And um, I announced when I did the um, the the pie talk the other day, which was Sunday, that's for paid subscribers only, that we did lose an episode. We we had an episode that we taped for you guys. And um, unfortunately, because I'm very- We had a lost, a lost yes. episode. We had a lost episode because, you know, anybody that's been on Zoom, which I'm assuming <clears throat> is every person pretty much that's, that's hearing this, um, you know how sometimes you could go on and you're trying to get your settings and like, what the heck is happening? Well, obviously people that are doing podcasts have the same issues too. And what they also deal with is sometimes when you don't know it, in the middle of the night, your system says, ah, you know what, we know they've got this really cool mixed cast roadie system and mics and everything's great, but we're just going to secretly change the settings. So it's just taping through the, the computer. And that's what happened. And I sounded like crap. So so hopefully we sound good to you today. <clears throat> and we're going to bring you what we think are some interesting topics, including about SEX. Sex. You, that yeah, spells sex. That spells sex. It's spelled with an X. That's why all those movies are X-rated. I guess they're not X. Do they still have X-rated movies? Is that still I don't thing? think so. I think it's just NC-17. Yeah. I remember X like- sort of like, X is like an old relic of the 70s and 80s. When I was around, we, uh, we in the end of Times Square, they had for like 12 years, the double feature of Behind the Green Door and Deep Throat. That was there, 12 years. That's just, it's one are theater. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, my first time I saw, I, okay. I'm okay. What was behind the green door, by the way? I mean, like, I mean, what, what ended up being behind that green door? You know, and what was I, the green door? I think it was had it to do a woman. Is it a metaphor? Sex, sex, sex. No, I actually saw behind the green door when I was in my thirties um, with my sister-in-law. She was writing something about it. And um, I don't remember because I don't remember movies. I do remember though, the only time I've seen a porn movie uh, in a theater and probably one of the only times I've ever, maybe the only time I've ever seen a, a porn movie was Deep Throat. And I went when I was 15, 14 or 15, a friend's like, let's go as a guy that I knew. He's like, let's go. And of course, you didn't have to sneak in anywhere because they just let you in. I never got carted in a bar. And not, I wasn't a big drinker when I was a kid, but um, I never got carted till I moved to Los Angeles when I was 24 years old. Never. Never. So yeah, the porn movies, 14 or whatever, come on in. No big deal. Um, so, uh, and I, I'm so fascinated by the porno chic phase of American culture, that phase in the seventies when like couples would go see deep throat together and like, what is going on? And they'd like stand in long lines and, and, you know, these movies were coming all across the country. You know, Debbie does Dallas was one of them. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah. It went all, you know, of course that one is based on the, it's sort of fictionalized uh, version of a woman joining the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Of course, they call it the Texas Cowgirls. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like couples going and watching the porno movie together. I don't know. That just cracks me up. I was, I can't say it was like the most delightful thing that ever happened to me sitting through this. It was not like a boyfriend or anything, just like a friend. And it was like, ugh, anyway, whatever. It was a thing. I, I guess we don't is, really. Deep Throat is such a messed up uh, premise. Oh, it's so messed it's up, idea. man. It's so messed, it's so messed up. up. Yeah. Like she has something her in her, in the back of her throat. Oh, she has a clitoris uh, in the back of her throat. Her clitoris oh. is in the back I of her throat. So she just loves like 
deep throating because you know she can I mean this is so it's so absurd so, so absurd <laughs> anyway um we were going to talk about sex because there was an article in the New York Times that I think you alerted to me to is uh, last week called uh, when one partner wants sex more than the other so I read this now, article. I think that's a, that's a, yeah that's it now that's a great topic you know it's a uh, it's a fabulous topic that was to my read, just addressed in the most boring and predictable, like I lost interest in sex reading this article. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta sleep now. Um, I just, it, it was not, it really did not uncover anything interesting or I think useful. Um, what did, what did you, I mean, basically it was like, it talked to, um, three couples, right? One, one lesbian couple, one gay couple, one straight couple. And each of them had a partner that at, at some point during the relationship had lost interest. It, they don't even really go into like a, I think in one case it was like there had been a medical issue at some point, but mostly it's right. just like they lost interest. And so like, you know, what do I do? I feel like it's me and I feel like I'm not attractive anymore, but at the same time, I love my partner. I don't want to leave, but then I'm really horny and like, what? and the, and, and literally the advice is like, you know, what's the most important thing? Talking. You need to talk. You need to set aside a time when you're not multitasking and you need to sit with your partner and say, you give them, give them, make it a sandwich conversation. That means two compliments on either side of a maybe not a complaint, but you know, like you want to be able to, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about here, man? So no, if somebody gave me a sandwich compliment within the middle was like, I'd like to have more sex. I would just be like, I got to get out of here. I got to like, get out of there. So I so told you. I was, yeah. You, you texted me and you were like, this is the most boring sex story I've ever read. Mm -hmm. Um, I clicked on it because like I said, I find this, um, subject really fascinating, not talked about that much and not talked about with honesty. Like, and, and I know this is a problem for so many different couples. And I happen to have been on both sides of this situation. You know, I have been the cup that the couple, I've been the person in the couple that wanted more sex. And I've been the person in the couple that wanted less sex. And it is, it's re and it's, it's tough to be on both sides of this. So what I would have loved to have seen, first of all, I would have loved to have seen more of the stories. Like I really just wanted to hear people's stories. Um, right. as, a, which is as opposed to each one saying, and we're not saying this name to protect privacy. It was like, it was every, it was like dosi do dosi do dosi do It just wasn't, there was no heat in this story. There was no, you know, this is a stressful situation and it is a very common one. I, you know, I was told a number of years ago, and I believe that this is true, that most married couples or many, many married couples don't have sex. They just don't. You know, they they have other things that hold their lives together, and sex is no longer one of them. Well, of course, why don't they talk about it? It's private, number one. It might be shameful. You might feel super bad. I also distrust, um, not distrust, but, you know, I think men specifically wouldn't want to talk about this if they don't want to have sex. Not that they would talk. I mean, who are they going to talk about it with? They're going to sit in a bar with their buddy. Yeah, listen, I really don't want to bang my wife anymore. What do you think about that? Like, they're not going to. Oh, they're right. not. Are you saying like when men lose interest in sex, that's, that's not... one of them. 
that's one of the more taboo things. That's because right. Because the very standard script is that the woman right. doesn't want to have sex. And that's so right. when you and fall so, on the outside of that, yeah. Right. And also, you know, I'm, I'm so, this okay, it's a generalization, but men are not going to talk about this stuff with their friends. There definitely aren't. Women might. They might talk about it with their friends. They might say to their friends, you know what, I'm not having sex anymore. My husband doesn't want to. Or maybe they talk about their own thing. I don't think that there's the same sort of possible conceivable mantle of shame if they didn't want sex. And it, and it is the stereotype, right? That the woman doesn't want sex and the man does. I'm not sure that that's true. I'm not sure that that's true. I don't have any data on this. And we're going to talk a little bit in a while about our pal, Jesse Single, who wrote a piece like asking why they didn't talk more about, you know, the sexes and testosterone and drive and men wanting sex more. But I, I'm, I'm not sure that the crisis, I mean, in these couples that we talked about, if I'm remembering correctly, well, the lesbian couple, they were both women. And in the straight couple, did he want sex? And she yeah, didn't? I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, again, then the gay right. couple. So we don't, we don't really know. We don't even have the opportunity. We don't even bring up the possibility of the male in the partnership not wanting to have sex. It's not even addressed. Isn't that kind of silly? Well, one of the things that is talked about in the comment section, so so I have this thing with a lot of New York Times pieces that I think are not very interesting. And then I click on the comments and I get a much better read. Like I, I enjoy, and this was definitely the case with this one, like, cause it is okay. a salty topic and it is interesting to hear people talk about their experiences. So I got a better, like, I enjoyed reading the reader's picks on this one. Um, there are a couple different women that are in there saying, you know, hey, it's really hard when you're the woman in the relationship and you want sex more than the guy. And I can tell you firsthand that was very difficult. In my late 20s, I was in a three-year relationship with somebody. I was living with him. He lost interest in sex. And I felt like all the air had gotten come out of my lungs. You know, there wasn't a social script that said this was normal. It seemed really, really strange. I took it as a painful rejection, you know, for, for like one nice thing about the gender stereotype, the swap is that I think guys take it a little bit easier when like maybe on their, on their self-esteem when, right, right, when their right. partner don't want to have sex with them. And when my partner didn't want to have sex with me, I mean, it just really, really threw me. And it, it was, it was a big source of tension. What did um, you say to him? Like, what did you bring it up or did you just like stew yeah, or cry I, or? No, I listen, I'm all about communication in my relationship. Like, like I'm the daughter of a therapist, so I'm going to bring something up. So it, you know, and this coincided with us moving in together. So we had been a long distance couple and, you know, you move in together. There was a very, I had this idea of like, oh, now we're going to have more sex. And for him, it was like the opposite happened. And that can be a tough transition, right? To go from something where you're not seeing each other, but once a month. And so you're just sort of like, you know, tearing each other's clothes off. And then you go to living side by side. And I remember I said to him one night, you know, I'm not going to be reactive. I'm just, I said, you know, hey, do you think that we could talk at some point about why we're not having sex as much? I'd just love to talk to you about that. And he was like, absolutely. And I was like, good. See, we can talk this out. This is great. We're going to communicate about this. And he came home the next day 
and he was like pacing and he was like, I've thought about this all day. <laughs> I mean, this still kind of makes me laugh, but it was so painful. He was like, I've thought about this all day. And the reason that I don't want to have sex with you is that I'm not as attracted to you. <laughs> well, there, there we go. That's pretty, it's like, do you want to shade that a little? Is there any nuance you want to like put into that maybe, dude? Or, and wow. I was like, oh God, okay. <laughs> and I just, unfortunately, I, oh, I like, I mean, I, I just flipped over this. I didn't know. I mean, it was so shameful and embarrassing. And it was, and he was like, well, you know, like I used to really long for you because you weren't here and now you're here all the time and you're always wearing sweatpants. He was really just couldn't stand my sweatpants. And, and this was one of the ones where I was 28, 29 years old. And looking back, the part that I could have handled a little bit better was not losing my mind when he said the thing about sweatpants because to me I was still living in I think a little bit of an illusion that you should love me no matter what right and you should be attracted to me no matter what um and I wasn't holding up my part I think I, I, I was, I was very frustrated. I wanted to be, I thought maybe he'd think my sweatpants were cute and my out, my work outfit was cute. And that, that was not how he felt. And so, but I, you know, but I did, you know, we, we, I tried, we were together for another year and a half, you know, well, because there's, it, a it, of, there a there's a lot of, there was a lot of good in that relationship. There's a lot of glue in a relationship besides sex. I mean, you know, if you're having sex once a day, let's say, so that's one hour of 20 of 24 hours or whatever your particular, you know, equation is. And there's so much else that holds a relationship together. But I have to say, I, I guess I, I can somewhat admire his candor, but I, I don't know. It's, it's a little, that's a little rough. I mean, that's a, that's a blanket statement, man. That's like, tell you what, that guy, one of the good things about him was he was like on, like he was honest. He was painfully honest. Yeah. And it came, you know, this happened a couple different times where it's almost like he couldn't lie. And it was just like, God, can you just cushion this? Like just, just, just a, a little tiny bit. Little thing. Can you just put like a little bit of an air, air bubble around this, you know, but he was very direct. And the, the good thing about that was that I trusted him. Like I believed that he wasn't lying to me. And the tough thing about that was once you say that you can't take it back. And it, it just, it haunted so, that relationship. So now what about the other time when you wanted it, when you didn't want it and the guy did, what was that like? Um, you know, honestly, that w I was younger then. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things that happened in, in that relationship when I was in my late twenties and the sex mismatch was so, was such a problem that after that relationship, I worked really hard to find somebody that I felt evenly matched with, you know, I, I, I have not, then again, I haven't had really super long term relationships since then, you know, they've been more like six months or a year, you know, I haven't gone into that, you know years and years with people. But, um, 
when I was younger, uh, my boyfriend wanted to have sex. First of all, my boyfriend was 18 years old. My boyfriend wanted to have yeah. sex absolutely Five times a day. all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, so I just, I kind of, I don't know, I felt, I don't think I felt as bad about I thought he should was lucky that he was having sex at all, to be honest with you, because <laughs> we were young and I was just like, you know, whatever, you can deal I with it. I, I may have told you the story. I've, I've written it in, in several articles. <clears throat> this was about in, I'm going to say maybe 2010. I walk into uh, the first cafe that my husband had opened and there's two young baristas there. They're in their mm, mid twenties. I know them both. I, I know these girls very well. And uh, they're talking. There's no customers in there. And but I'm like just kind of hanging out and listening. And they were talking about the fact that they couldn't get any of the guys in Portland that they were with or dated or whatever to have sex. And I I looked at them and I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And they're like, we can't, they won't, they won't have sex. I'm like, you should be having like well, not should, but like you're in your, it's like three times a day. Like, and he, they looked right. at me like I had just said, did you know I can walk on water? <laughs> because mm -hmm. this was not in their, their, their experience. And they said now that when they wanted to have sex, they just flew home to Anchorage and Austin respectively to have sex with the guys that they knew back there. I, my sort of, you know, means nothing hypotheses is that the guys at that time, there was this sort of like slack, slacktivism going on. The like, like everyone's kind of growing a beard and like, I don't really, you know, I really have a job. Like I work part-time at the guitar store and then like I do this and I have a chicken. And there was this sort of low, there was a low threshold for success in, um, Portland at that time for a certain coterie, not everybody, of course, it's a going city, but the certain lot of like, I mean, hi, Portlandia came out the next year sort of spoofing on this stuff. And my idea was that if you're having a low sense of like self-success, like you're attaining, like you're I'm going out and I'm conquering the mountain, you also, if you don't have that, you also kind of have a low sex drive. So I wonder if there's like, if, if the lack of interest has anything to do with sort of a lack of sort of mightiness in themselves. Did you see the movie? Did you see the movie Man on Wire where Philippe Petit Man walked on between wire, the, the, docu the documentary? Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Okay. Did you remember? Did you see it? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember when he finished? And of course, okay. So he, he does this. He walks between the World Trade Centers for like 45 minutes. He comes down. There's a woman in the crowd. He doesn't know her. He grabs her. She's, you know, they grab each other and they go to hotel room and fuck for five hours. And they do this like fast cutaway shot. I mean, it, it's, it, they're reenacting it, of course. You don't remember this? They're, of course no, they're reenacting it. They didn't. Yeah. So they do. And I, I always took that to mean like he was so feeling so incredibly powerful that he had to work it out this way. And then I remember the guy, uh, Schellenberger, was he the one that landed on the, um, on the East River with the plane? Remember there was a plane that was going down. There was no place. Sully, Sully, Sullenberger. Sorry, that's Michael Schellenberger. Sullenberger. He landed. I, I read this. It was, it was a, I always kind of cringe when I hear this quote, but he said that afterwards when he was back with his wife, he said they had rock star sex. Kind of an icky quote. I really don't want to know that about Sully, but I think there's a sense when you're feeling so mighty, you know, you, they just want to like, 
you want to like grab this person and kind of like, I'm feeling like I want to conquering things. And maybe then maybe men or women are not feeling that, you know, you're married. It's the same day. I emptied the dishwasher. I had to pay the electric bill. And I'm just like, not feeling it. You know, we, we need it. more, more brushes with death in order to, that's right. uh, that's right. That's right. What they call sex. The little, like, little well, deaths, right? The, so one of the things that this article does not mention. Hello, Smoke em, You've Got em listeners. If you are hearing this, that means you have just listened to the free portion of our, oh, I don't know, bi-weekly episodes with Sarah Hepla. Sarah Hepla, who's just so busy right now, she could not record this little uh, interim moment for you. Um, we're happy to have you here as a free subscriber. If you'd like the entire episodes, please go over to smokeempodcast.substack.com and sign up and subscribe. Then you will get the full episodes every week, plus some special things we drop for you on the weekends and our monthly, our first Sunday Zooms. Again, to get the full fig, that is smokeempodcast.substack.com. Thanks.